Hello. Thank you for choosing to join me today. And uh, we're going to continue the topic of uh, blood pressure assessment in our cats in our little mini series. So today's one is all about uh, what tips I can give you to get reliable blood pressure measurements. And as usual, if you want a copy of the slides, either put a message in the chat box or send an email to me at the address shown on the slide. So what are my top tips? Well, tip number one is a reminder really of what we spoke about last time, which is being as cat friendly as we possibly can, recognizing that uh, situational hypertension, a stress associated increase in blood pressure is very common in cats. So we want to do all we can to minimize that possibility by following the sorts of recommendations we spoke about last time. So things like choosing a quiet, calm location, taking time, I think having the owner present, wearing headphones, all these sorts of things uh, can make an impact and hopefully will reduce um, the likelihood and also the magnitude of any situational hypertension. But next we have to talk a little bit about uh, the techniques and uh, the first decision to make really is what machine we should use to assess blood pressure in cats. And because we're interested in what our cat's conscious blood pressure is, um, and because typically we're assessing elderly cats, we are only going to be using at uh, non-invasive uh, indirect methods for assessing blood pressure. We're not quite clearly going to be putting a needle into an artery to get a direct blood pressure reading. We're going to use these indirect methods. And there are broadly two technologies available for assessing blood pressure at the moment. Um, the first on the left is the Doppler methodology where we have a probe that allows us to hear blood flow in the artery. And then separate to that probe, uh, we have a cuff attached to a pressure gauge and we manually collect readings. The other technique that is available for assessing blood pressure is the oscillometric methodology. And this is where we use a machine that has a cuff with an inbuilt sensor or sensors that will pick up uh, wobbles, oscillations in the artery wall as that cuff is inflated and deflated. And then that machine will automatically, in ways that are completely invisible to us, um, use its uh, very clever sensor to calculate the blood pressure and will give us a series of readings. So typically we'll get a systolic blood pressure, a diastolic blood pressure, a mean and the heart rate if we use that methodology. So which one should we choose? Well, probably the most important message for today is that unfortunately, none of these machines are perfect. There is not currently any machine or methodology which we can hand on heart say is the gold standard, the best method for conscious cats. All of these machines have their advantages and their disadvantages. So for example, uh, Doppler machines are a little bit more uh, faff and hassle to use, a little bit more time consuming and tend to be less reliable at low blood pressure readings, which is not such a problem for our conscious cats where we're worried about hypertension, um, but does have an impact if we're doing anaesthetic monitoring of patients. Um, so that's something to bear in mind. Whereas the oscillometric machines 
probably their biggest problem is that they can struggle to cope with fast heart rates, which of course many cats have, and especially your hypothyroid cat. And also they're vulnerable to being confused by movement error, which confuses the sensors and therefore leads to erroneous uh, data analysis and, and uh, misleading blood pressure results. And these machines, um, <clears throat> excuse me, tend to give slightly lower readings in conscious cats, so tend to slightly uh, under report blood pressure. So in a conscious cat, um, for that reason, uh, the movement error and the fact that they tend to be less sensitive in detecting cats with genuine confirmed hypertension, these are cats that have ocular lesions as well, my preference is at the moment still the Doppler methodology. And that's the, the method that I use um, as my uh, sole way of assessing blood pressure in cats, uh, obviously in combination with the eye examination, which we're talking about in the next session. So what other tips can I give you? Well, with both of these methodologies, it's really important to use the correct width of cuff. Um, if you buy an oscillometric monitor, it will come with very special cuffs that have to be used with that machine and it will tell you what size limb or tail each cuff is suitable for but if you're using a Doppler machine um, that's not always the case and the key thing really is with whatever methodology you use that the width of the cuff should be 30 to 40 percent of either the limb or the tail circumference whichever um, bit of the catch you're using to collect your readings um, and if you use a cuff that is too wide that is wider than that it will give you a lower reading so um, if you are forced into a situation where for whatever reason the only cuff available is wrong just bear in mind if it's wider than you would like it to be that the reading will be a little bit lower the cuff shown in this picture is um, the cuff that I use and um, these are cuffs designed for the human market so they're not veterinary cuffs but I do really like them if you have um, what I would call cuff frustration, cuffs that pop off, cuffs that don't inflate along their whole length, um, then these cuffs are really good ones to recommend. They are very expensive but they do last for a long time and I've put the website um, that I have used to, to buy these at the bottom of this slide. And the key thing is that uh, these Hawkinson cuffs come in a variety of widths and also lengths and the, you want the longer length which is the PC cuff and for most cats a 2.5 centimetre width is perfect. Um, a larger cat or a dog um, a 3.3 centimetre cuff is likely to be um, helpful. <clears throat> Next thing with the cuffs is to make sure, again this applies to all methodologies, that when you collect readings the cuff is as close to uh, being level with the right atrium, with the heart as possible because that is again going to give you the, the closest uh, best match to a real blood pressure reading. And if the cuff is above the heart uh, you will get a lower blood pressure reading than is, is actual. Uh, if, the, if the cuff is below the heart uh, then you will get a falsely higher reading. So you don't want the cat sitting on the left uh, as it is with its cuff well below the heart or similarly if that cuff had been on the tail that would be definitely not ideal um, and this is why often with the Doppler technique using um, a front leg it, people talk often about a hand shape, a handshake posture so shaking hands with you and the cuff is about level with the heart. 
Other tips? Well, from a Doppler perspective, um, having plenty of gel is probably the most important one. Any, any of you that have used this technique will know this already. You don't tend to need to clip, um, and I don't clip routinely, um, but having plenty of ultrasound gel really helps the contact with the probe and helps you to get a better signal. And for longhead cats, it can take a few minutes for the gel to work its way into the coat. <clears throat> so if you can apply the gel and leave the cat a few minutes and then uh, come back, that will make life a little bit easier for you. Um, I think it's helpful to have a cuff that does inflate along its entire length because it means then you don't have to worry about the really accurate positioning of the cuff. Uh, if you, on the other hand, use a cuff that only inflates along a portion, you have to make sure that that portion is over the artery that you're planning to occlude. <clears throat> From an asymmetric uh, perspective, um, I think my tips would be to use an HDO machine if you're going to use an asymmetric machine. The HDO high definition machine has been studied, I think, most closely and performed uh, best of, of these machines to our current understanding. So probably is the safest HDO machine to, to trust. Um, and if possible, as is the case with the HDO machine, <clears throat> use one where you can see the graph of that the machine is using to calculate its measurements from um, and that screenshot at the bottom is one of the the marketing literature shots from the HDO machine where you can see this lovely sort of smooth curve uh, of what is happening as a cuff is inflated and deflated that's what it should look like if meanwhile you see a jumble of uh, jagged lines all over the place, then that is a reading to discard because probably the cat moved. Maybe it swished its tail if the uh, cuff is on its tail or it moved its leg if, if the cuff's on the leg. Take multiple readings. So ideally uh, take five or seven readings. Always uh, discard the first reading because that often is, uh, again, the least reliable when the cuff is uh, just starting to sit more comfortably on the leg so often we'll discard that one. Um, if I am taking measurements and I can see that each measurement seems to be getting a little bit lower than the last one then I will try and continue until I have a plateau of similar readings because that often will happen if you have a cat that is a little bit stressed and it's as it starts to settle and it gets used to the procedure it thinks okay yes I feel a bit more relaxed and, and therefore that again situational hypertension starts to diminish with some cats of course what will happen as time goes on is that whilst the readings may come down to start with the cat then might start to think well why are you still doing this procedure it's going on a bit too long uh, give me a break and their blood pressure starts to go back up again so when that happens and I haven't got a plateau of, of readings as it were um, I usually take the lowest reading that I've obtained to be the most representative reading for that particular cat but if possible, we have our plateau of readings, several readings that are the same, and we calculate an average. And then the last tip really is to have detailed records. So make sure that you record which machine, which cuff, which cuff size, which location, uh, the cat's position, all of these things, as well as the blood pressure readings. And the screenshot on this slide is one from a SIVA handout, which um, I think you can download from their website and I'll give you their blood pressure website on the next slide. Um, but it, it means that you can print these out. I think otherwise speak to your SIVA and they may have pads of these for you to use in the clinic but you can write down the readings and therefore record that in your uh, patient clinical record and that helps to um, mean that you can compare your readings with previous occasions 
I haven't talked in this session about uh, challenges or, or controversies relating to whether the tail or the leg is better for blood pressure readings. Um, and uh, the key message there for, for the purposes of this brief webinar is that you will get different readings in the tail versus the leg. And it's not always consistent in terms of tail being higher or lower than leg. Um, but again, another reason to record the site when you do your readings. So this is the, the Sievert website, which is a fairly new website uh, called easethepressure.co.uk. And uh, if you register to use that website, then you can log in and you can access all sorts of resources. And one of the resources you can access through that is actually a series of webinars I did earlier this year for SIVA, which are part of their um, Feline Hypertension Ambassador Initiative. And uh, there are four 30-minute webinars, which obviously go into more detail than I've been able to do today, uh, which you can access. And I believe that is completely free of charge still. So if this is a topic of interest to you, then that I think you might find of interest. There are also a number of other resources on the website, um, some uh, things that can be shared via social media with your clients. Um, and I think also the, uh, the um, handouts that I mentioned where you can record uh, blood pressure readings. On my website, there also is additional information. So there is, for example, in the free downloads section, which is under helpful info, a technical guide, uh, how to measure blood pressure using the Doppler technique, which goes through it step by step in a bit more detail. And similarly, in the video tutorial section, there is a video of me measuring blood pressure in a cat and talking through it. So if you're looking for a little bit more information or support on the actual technique, um, then hopefully that will be of use to you. Um, and next time, um, the, I think the final session in our hypertension series is um, talking about looking for ocular manifestations of systemic hypertension, which is extremely helpful in distinguishing between that high reading due to stress, the situational hypertension versus genuine hypertension is something I found extremely helpful and actually pretty straightforward. I'm not an ophthalmologist, but there often are obvious changes which are easy to see. So I hope you'll be able to join me for that session, uh, which is in two weeks time from today. So thank you again for joining me today. Um, and I'll now be very happy to answer any questions that you might have. Um, and uh, also feel free uh, to request the slides if that would be useful. Thank you very much.